God is looking for people to worship him in spirit and in truth. And I would just say, let them be found among us. Let us be true worshipers that worship in spirit, that worship in truth. Because it's for his pleasure, remember, that we were created, that we exist to worship him. This is amazing grace. It's time once again for Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor, online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Springing from Jesus' appointment with a woman from Samaria comes this important question, what is true worship? As we learned last time, it's really all about worshiping in spirit and in truth. And Pastor Ed will take some time out today to elaborate on that. And by the end of our time together, our hope and prayer is that you'll become a true worshiper of God. There are those times where you're in the, you know, you're in the company of believers and it's just such a joyful thing. It's such a wonderful thing to worship, to ascribe honor and glory. It's beautiful to hear other people sing. I don't know about you, but there's just times when I'm standing or I'm sitting here singing and then I hear like to my right someone's beautiful voice and you're just like, whoa. I mean, there'll be times where at the end I said, you, your voice is, you, you should really consider um, serving on the worship team because that is an incredible voice. I, I'd rather, I'd, I'll just give up singing just to listen to you because there's a sweetness in your voice. Have you ever experienced that? You're just like, wow. And there are other times when you're, when you're standing there and you're listening to the voice on the left and you're going, um, uh, uh, is Pastor Ed standing next to me or what? Because his voice is bad. <laughs> And, and there we are getting all judgmental again on voices. And, and uh, I, remember, I remember a time in, the, in California when uh, I, we used to sit in the same area of the sanctuary, my wife and I and kids. And, and we would always greet and kind of meet the people in our section. And John and his wife always sat behind us. And John was kind of an older guy that uh, was very opinionated. And, and he didn't like to sing. And he was just there with his wife. And, and so he would, he would just sit back there. And, and he would very vocally say, I don't want to sing. I don't like to sing. And he, we would have those discussions and kind of make a joke out of it. And then one, one day we were worshiping in song. And, and John behind me was whistling. He's whistling to the song. And I remember in my mind thinking, man, John, stop whistling. That's pretty annoying. You know, I love you, Lord. John, you're annoying. I love you, Lord. And I'm like, I'm like just stop whistling. And it was like the Lord spoke to my heart in that instant. And he said, Ed, Ed, you're, you're being judgmental. You're being critical. That man is whistling to me. Leave him alone. And I'm like, wow, God. Even in the midst of a time where I'm supposed to be drawing near, I'm, I'm upset and all mad at this guy that's whistling. And you know what? If you want to whistle to the Lord, whistle your heart out. Sing unto the Lord. I mean, there are times even in the worship experience, a time here where, you know, when the worship team is worshiping, there'll be times when they're so caught up in worship that they actually forget that you're here. They're just worshiping with you. 
and they're caught up, their eyes are closed, their hands are lifted. And, and that's often a time when mistakes are made. That's often a time when mistakes are made and maybe there's a missed word in a song or they miss a chord. Or, and, and, and then that, that's also kind of a temptation for people. Well, you know, what's, what kind of worship team do we have? They missed a word or they, they missed a... So what are they... Listen, listen. If your eyes are closed and your hands are lifted, you'd never notice it because you're so caught up in the things of God. And, and, and how could... I wonder if the Lord's been speaking to you about being critical, about about being in a place where you're missing out on a very key time in your life to worship and sing, to ascribe worth and honor. Now, the Old Testament is written in the Hebrew, the New Testament, and a little bit in the Aramaic. The New Testament is written into the Greek, and there's a Greek word for worship. It's proskuneo. It literally means to kiss toward. And so not only do we ascribe worth and value when we're worshiping, but we also add from the Greek, the richness of the Greek language, this closeness and intimacy. You know, you get the idea from this word of, it's a term of endearment. It's a term that describes closeness, to kiss toward, to kiss toward in humility, to, to ascribe worth and value in an intimate way. Uh, that's really true Christian worship. Because we use the word worship in a lot of different ways. It's not just a religious word, you know. It, it's, you may find sometimes people are described as, you know, she worships money. Ah, worships money or he worships his career or they worship their family or any host of other things and you know what we mean by that what you're describing is a person that places a high value you know that guy worships his car how do you know because he parks it in three different parking spaces as far away as any you know that guy just like he's really into his car right now and he wants to make sure nobody gets near it he's got the kind of alarm that not when you touch it but when you're five feet from it it's a stay away from my car you know that's like okay okay we get it you love your car you worship you could even say you place a high value on your car your truck and other things other than god but only proskuneo truly belongs to God, where you're worshiping in a way, ascribing value, worth, and honor in a loving way to a God that loves you. You know, you were created for this. And with those in mind, we, we recognize that worship is the very highest activity that you and I can attain to in life. Turn over to Revelation chapter 4. Let me show you something. We worship God for the sole reason that he is worthy of our worship. He is worthy. You know, when a person follows God, you come to admire him and appreciate him and know him. Your relationship gets deeper. And you were designed for that. You were created for that. Notice verse 11 in, in Revelation chapter 4. In verse 11 it says, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. You created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Now, that's great verse in and of itself, but I really love the old King James. The old King James pulls out something that the new King James translators didn't quite pull out. Let me read it to you from the old King James. It says this, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and listen, for thy pleasure they are and were created. So that tells me that everything we do in work, in play, throughout the day, should be done with an attitude of worship, that we are ascribing value with everything we do. 
that filing the paperwork, making the phone call, delivering the package, changing a diaper, cleaning a floor. Well, Paul put it this way in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Everything is an act of worship. But unfortunately, we live among a generation that, and I quote, worships its work, works at its play, and plays at its worship. We live in a generation that worships its work, works at its play, and plays at its worship. And it's easy to walk into a worship service like this and and whether we engage in song or not, just really fail to appreciate the time that God has allotted to us to sing praises to his name. It's something that's throughout the Bible. In Psalm 9, verse 1, it says, I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of all your marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in you, and I will sing praise to your name. Psalm 66, verse 3 says, Say to God, how awesome are your works. Through your greatness of your power, your enemies shall submit themselves to you. Then the Bible says, All the earth shall worship you and sing praises to you. They shall sing praises to your name. Come and see the works of God. He is awesome in his doing toward the sons of men. Worship is a response. It is a response to who God is and how he's revealed himself to you and to me. It's a response. And so the more that our focus is on him, the more our response will be so glorious in singing praise to him. And it's not a season of complaining. It's not a season of of being a critic, but rather a time of drawing near. For some of you, this is the only time that you really get to sing all week. Your life is so full of pressure and difficulty and, and you get sidetracked. And you're, This is the training, the training ground for you, the proving ground for you to grow in this area of song. This area, you know, I remember, I remember when I got saved, you know, the kind of music that I was into uh, was not the kind of music they sang at church. Let's just put it that way. And so I had spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars on the music that I like to listen to as an unbeliever. And it was just rank, crazy stuff. And when I got saved, the Lord impressed upon my heart that that is not good stuff for me. I need to let it go. And so I was one of those guys that, do you guys know what a cassette tape is? Some of you young people need to Google that and you'll get like a picture of what a cassette tape is. But basically you pop the cassette tape in and it would play with the tape. I was so, I was so like on fire for the things of God that it wasn't enough for me to throw the tapes away. I broke every single tape because I didn't want anybody else to get it either. It's like, I don't want anyone influenced by this stuff. Now, just a side note, when you were younger, you listened to music and your parents said, hey, don't listen to that stuff. It's not, it's not good for you, the bad lyrics. And you, what did you say? You copped some attitudes. Oh, no, 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 I don't listen to the lyrics. I just like the beat, you know, or the sound or whatever you said. But now years later, you realize those lyrics are stuck in your head, don't you? Because music is a delivery system for lyrics. They help not only catch your head around the lyrics, but they help you to memorize the words. I didn't do it. I I could have, but I didn't have time last night. I was going to look up just a few popular television shows and see if we couldn't get hum a few bars and listen to you sing the words from those TV shows. You go, where did that come from? Repetitively listening to the jingle. 
repetitively. I mean, it was funny because I went up before service. Um, I like to go around and say good morning to everyone. So I was up in the high school room. I was talking to the crew there and, and we were ready to go. And I said, and I just walked out. I totally didn't mean it, but I just, I mean, I, I did mean it, but I didn't mean the stupid song to come into my head. I, I just said, okay, guys, carry on. And immediately a song from the seventies popped into my head. I'm not going to sing it for you because you'll just leave on me. But uh, I'm like, what, where did that come from? Well, it was sort of like, and it was like the Lord saying, I'm going to give you an illustration for everyone that all that stuff is in your head. That's why singing songs has a way of washing your mind. Singing songs that are praise to God. It has that place of displacing a lot of the stuff that we put into our heads. A lot of the stuff that perhaps doesn't glorify God, doesn't help us along the way in our journey walking and following Jesus. And so learning the songs, you know, even within, you know, sometimes as I mentioned earlier, as the worship team uh, is worshiping, sometimes they get caught up in worship. And Pastor Ian does this a lot. And I know you, you may not know this because you're not at every service, but I'm at every service with him. So sometimes I notice from service to service, the, the, the songs change. And, and one of the reasons that they change isn't that they had a little meeting and said, oh, let's do this song instead. You can just see that the Lord is speaking to him and he's taking this congregation, this, this service into a different direction than he did earlier. But you know what that does? That throws the video guys way into a loop back there. Because they're looking for the song and they don't know where it is and they might type it in. And, and I say this to say, Sometimes you'll notice up on the screen there might be a typo or you're like, where's the song or why aren't they keeping up? You've you got to realize something. You've you got to realize something. The folks that serve here, they serve here as volunteers. And we don't have a strict... It would be easy for us to be very strict and rigid and say, okay, Ian, this is the way it is. You've got three songs. You sing them one time through. You, you know, we do a little buzzer with your foot and you cue the guys back there so they can do the, do the little button to make sure that the slides are... And all that stuff. And then we'll just be really rigid and it'll be very, very close to what I was talking about earlier is just entertainment. Let's just get the music done and let's just get the service done. And, and that's not our heart. That's not why we're here. That's not what we're going to do. We give freedom. If Pastor Ian wants to, to and, and he feels led that the Lord's taking him in another direction, then he has the only choice is to go in that direction. But then that means those guys are going to be, well, I don't know, and I can't find it, and maybe there's not a song up on the, on the screen. But did you know there was a time when we didn't even have screens? We didn't have words up there. There were times when the bulbs burn out, and, and you and I, we don't, we don't need these things. But even in the midst, some of you are like, I can't believe it. There's a typo on the screen. What kind of people back there? Don't they know how to spell? And you're like, right in the middle of worship. You see how fleshly we can get. In a time that's devoted, I mean, the folks that are serving back there, you know what? They're volunteers. They serve their heart out. They do an excellent, excellent job. And maybe one time there's a letter missing or one time there's a page scanning or, or we miss it. it but, but you know what? That's not worshiping in spirit and truth. They're just tools. The, the best place, you know, one of the best places for you to be in worship is just to learn the songs and you close your eyes and raise your hands unto the Lord. Just go through a couple times, learn the song, and that way you can just be caught up in the things of the Lord, praying and seeking Him and giving room for the Holy Spirit to move. And it's not always going to be perfect. It's not always going to be in order. It's not always going to be... Sometimes there's going to be things that change, but that's just like life. That's just like life. The natural response in the flesh is to be critical. The natural response in the Spirit is to worship. Is to worship. And I believe the balance of our services times and our worship services here 
Because that's what we call this, a worship service. I believe the balance of spirit and truth is a balance between singing where the Holy Spirit is now softening and ministering to your heart and also teaching the Bible in solid biblical doctrinal truth so that there's a balance in your life that not only do you know God, but you're responding to the one true God in worship and in song and in service where you're giving of yourself and in giving of your tithes and offerings and on and on and on. The ministry of worship goes on. It's not a time filler, our time of worship. We're not just putting, you know, we got 15 minutes, what should we do? It's a time for God, for you to express yourself, how God has worked in your life, how he's been faithful to you all week. It's your turn to respond because love always demands an action. If you love someone, you'll share that love and respond. And when you worship, it involves the fruit of the Spirit, according to Galatians chapter 5. When you're worshiping, the fruit of the Spirit is moving in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. When you and I are worshiping, it has all the ingredients of love, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where the Lord is just speaking into your life. Love suffers long and is kind. Love waits. Love doesn't keep record of wrong, where the Holy Spirit is just ministering. You know, worship, well, worship is also a surrender of your will, of your will, like Jesus prayed. In Luke chapter 22, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Filled with truth, spirit to spirit. It's so much more than style and preferences. And the atmosphere, you know, when, when I first got saved too, I mean, I think of all the things that I had to learn through my life. I, I remember with that transition, I actually didn't finish the story, but that transition with cassette tapes and throwing them out. I didn't know what kind of worship, I didn't know what music I was supposed to listen to anymore. We didn't have the kind of genre that we have today with every genre just filled with godly men and women that are expressing music in all sorts of different ways to glorify God. It wasn't really like that back in the early 90s when I got saved. And, and so I, I remember I told a guy at work, his name is Mark, I said, hey, I just got saved. He was going to Calvary Chapel and now I'm going to Calvary Chapel. And he says, and I, I was just telling him, I don't know what music I'm supposed to listen to or anything. He said, okay, Tomorrow, I'll bring you a cassette. I'll bring you a cassette, and this is the kind of music you can listen to now. And so, okay, cool, that's great. I was really encouraged. So the next day, he brought me a cassette. It was, um, in that day, the predominant praise music was praise music known as Maranatha. Maranatha uh, CDs, uh, actually cassettes, and then later on CDs where they'd have Maranatha 1, 2, 3. And, and let's just say that the style of music of the early days of the Maranatha praise choruses was like violins and oboes and all that kind of music. And I'm like, I remember listening to that cassette, popping it in my car, listening to it, thinking, if this is the music I have to listen to as a Christian, I don't think I can be a Christian. (laughs) This is so not what I was used to. But the Lord was leading me as he's leading you where... You know, I didn't really get the, I didn't get the singing part. There was a few things at church I didn't get. One was hugging, and the other one was singing. I didn't get it. I, like, I didn't come to be hugged by a bunch of people. I didn't know what that was all about. And, and then singing, I just, the music was different. And so, but the Lord, I knew this. The, God brought me to that church. I didn't even want to be at that church, and God brought me to that church. So I trusted that that was the music I was going to learn. That was the pastor I was going to learn from. Because we get it all backwards today. Where there's such a... There's such an emphasis on the outward today that when somebody comes in, they go, well, I don't like the worship. I'll go find somewhere else. Yeah, but where did, don't you think the Lord brought you here for a reason? Maybe the Lord has something for you to learn, to surrender your will, not just to go around and go, well, you know, I'll find the right music. But then they're not teaching the Bible there. And then it's just entertainment. And then before you know it, you're withering in the things of God. It's better just to obey God and, and learn. And you go, well, wait a minute, I could do it better. Well, if you can do it better, then get your life in order and join the worship team. We'd love to worship with you. 
We'd love for you to lead us. We'd love for you to use your gifts and talents as unto the Lord. We would love for you to express yourself. We'd love for you to lead worship at a home Bible study in one of our community groups or one of the smaller groups. But it's more than just like getting it backwards. Well, I don't like the, you know, I don't like the teaching because it's not just worship when people walk out. You know, people walk out, what do you think of Pastor Ed today? You know, uh, I'll give him a five in his teaching today. <sighs> well, that's about as good as you're going to get. Five, that's it. But you know, the Holy Spirit opened the Bible. It goes forth. It doesn't return void. It's not about Ed. It's not about Ian. It's not about the worship team. It's not even about what you think. It's about God speaking to your heart and you growing in God's grace and obeying him. And so we have to watch ourselves. And, and I think that's just the word God has given me for us on worship. I mean, it's such a broad topic and we could go in a variety of different ways. But I just so enamored by that phrase, God is looking for people to worship him in spirit and in truth. And I would just say, let them be found among us. Let us be true worshipers that worship in spirit, that worship in truth. Because it's for his pleasure, remember, that we were created that we exist to worship Him. You've been listening to Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor and part of our study in John's Gospel. You can hear this message again online at AboundingGraceRadio.com or listen through our app. Search for Ed Taylor in the App Store or Google Play. You know, Pastor Ed has written an excellent book, just perfect for days like these. It's God's Help for the Troubled Heart. We all suffer and experience pain, and maybe for you, that's been at an all-time high in recent months. Well, God stands ready to help us when we experience a troubled heart. Perhaps you've experienced deep grief or a painful trial recently, or know of someone who has. I know you'll be blessed and encouraged as you read God's Help for the Troubled Heart. We'll send you a copy with our thanks when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more. Just call 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. Or order it online at calvaryco.store. Abounding Grace is made possible through the generous support of our listeners, and as we continue delivering God's Word one verse at a time, we're looking to our listeners for help. Together, we can reach people with the love and truth of Christ and make a difference in these last days. To make a secure donation, drop by AboundingGraceRadio.com or call 877-30-GRACE. So, Pastor Ed, as we've been talking about the importance of true biblical worship, it's a good time to mention our worship services here at Calvary Church in Aurora. And you don't have to be close by to join us, thanks to technology. Would you tell our listeners a little about what goes on each weekend and Wednesdays, too, for that matter, and how they can join us? Well, you know, Larry, we are coming up on 22 years of serving the Lord here in Aurora, Colorado, a Denver suburb, and... We're so grateful to gather, to have the privilege of gathering together. And we as a church family come together on our weekends. So we have a Saturday night service at 6 p.m. And all these times are mountain time. So you have to adjust it where you're listening. We come together 6 p.m. on Saturday nights. And then Sunday morning at 8.45 and 10.45. And all the services are broadcast live on our radio network here, Grace FM. That originates here in Colorado. You can go to gracefm.com to hear the audio, or you can go to our website, calvaryco.church, and watch us online 
Uh, download our app. That's the best way to do it. Go to your app store, put my name, Ed Taylor, in there. Our app will pop up. Download it, turn on notifications, and you can walk, you can join us right into the sanctuary right from your phone or your iPad or up on your Apple TV. Uh, we'd love to have you join us on your Roku. I mean, uh, all so many different places you can join us and be a part of our ministry here. And then you mentioned as well, we have a midweek Bible study. I know a lot of churches have moved away from midweek, uh, but we don't. We come together. It's like our Acts 242 service in a larger church, gathering in smaller groups, and we pray together. We have communion together. Of course, we worship together, and we teach a different book of the Bible. And what's airing, by the way, What's airing on Abounding Grace Radio are our Bible studies from our services uh, with very little editing. So what you hear is what you will get when you attend a service in person or online. Uh, it's, it's just who we are and how God chooses to use us and what a privilege it is to be a very small part of the huge work that God's doing in your life. It's amazing how faithful God is. So join us Saturdays at 6 p.m., Sundays, 8.45, 10.45 in the morning, and then Wednesday night, 7 p.m. God bless you guys. Whether you want more information or to live stream, just log on to calvaryco.church. Well, thank you for listening to Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor, and we'll look for you tomorrow as we open the Word together in search of God's abounding grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.